ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we praise him and we ask his help and we seek his forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us and from the evil consequences of our bad actions whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides no one can misguide and whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads to go astray no one can guide i testify that there is no god to be worshiped but Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam our master the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam today inshallah we'll finish the series about understanding life two weeks ago we started this khutbah about understanding life and it was one of the suggested khutbah that i got from the 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 box the suggested khutbah it's right here the box is right here and they also have one in the back at the sister section so somebody was was uh, was asking can you talk about understanding life and at this moment i was reading in a book by imam al-ghazali rahimahullah ayyuha al-walad oh my dear son and i was reading about imam al-ghazali telling his student that if you i will tell you something i will explain a tradition for you and if you understand this tradition then there is no need for much knowledge and this tradition was between a teacher and a student the teacher was al-balkhi and the student was hatim al-asam may allah have mercy on both of them Hatim al-Asam was a student of al-Balkhi. Al-Balkhi asked him one time, Ya Hatim, how long have you been with me? He said, 33 years. And he said, what did you learn in, all, in this 33 years? He said, eight things. I only learned eight things and I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these eight things will be my salvation in the last day. He said, tell me, what are these things? He said, first, I saw that everyone loves something and continues to do so. However, when they die and go to the grave, they leave them. So I made the thing that I love the most is my action. So when I go to the grave, it will come with me. Number two, he said that I pondered on the, on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
And in the ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى And those who fear their Lord, and they struggle against themselves, Jannah will be their abode. And then he said, I strove against myself to keep my appetite at bay. He said, the third, I saw that everyone who has something valuable tries to protect it. And then I looked at the verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَا عِنْدَكُمْ يَنْفَدْ وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ What is with you comes to an end, but what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remain forever. So whenever something of a value comes to me, I direct it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it may remain with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me. He said, number four, I saw that people were bragging about their positions, about their offices, about their uh, lineage, about their wealth, about everything in this life. And then I looked at the verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاقٌ The best of you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has God consciousness, the one who has taqwa, the one who has uh, 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 the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number five, he said, I looked at people and I saw that each one of them are attacking one another. They curse one another. And the reason for that was hasad, was envy. So I rejected hasan and enmity. And then I cleaned my heart, I purified my heart. And instead of hasad, I instilled love in my heart towards everyone. He said, number six, he said that I saw that people fought one another, were hostile to one another, and I looked at my true enemy. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. I look at my true enemy and I found it to be the shaitan. So I made him my enemy. And I loved everybody else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Inna shaytana lakum adu, fattakhiduhu aduwa. Shaytan indeed is your enemy. So treat him as your enemy. And brothers and sisters, the only war that we need to announce is the war against the devil. Is the war against the shaitan for two reasons. For two meaningful reasons, and listen carefully. Number one, why do we want to announce war against the shaitan? Number one is that the shaitan is an enemy, that he's not convinced, that he's not pleased until you are utterly destroyed. He will not give up. He will not let you go. He will get up every morning with you, planning for you, plotting for you, trying to get you to fall into the traps. The second he said that the shaitan is an enemy that is naturally, naturally disposed to, to enmity towards you, and forever firmly planted to wage war against you. He, see, he sees us and we cannot see Him. We forget about Him, but He doesn't forget about us. Look at this. Look at this enemy. And some people sometimes when you ask, do you have an enemy? I don't have any enemies. You do. You have the worst enemies. You do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that. 
Inna shaytana lakum adu. He is. Shaytan is your enemy. So he sees us, we cannot see him. Forget about him, he does not forget about us. We busy ourselves with a lot of things and the only thing that he busy himself with is how to bring you down. How to, to fight you. And the shaytan has helpers. And the helpers of the shaytan are too. Your nafs and the corrupted passions. And something really interesting that the shaytan will disown the followers in the last day. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran. In the last day when the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa will come out to intercede for the believers as hadith reported by Ibn al-Mubarak narrated by Sayyidina Uqub ibn Amr radiallahu an that the believers will go to the prophets and Isa alayhi salam will direct people to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam will start to intercede for people so the people in fire will say well the believers found somebody to intercede for them what about us? And all of the sudden Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise a pulpit, a member, just like that. But it's made of fire. And the shaitan will be standing on that member, giving a khutbah to the inmates of, of fire. And then he will start just to add depression to, to their depression, to add more sorrow to their sorrow, to add more grief to their grief. He will stand up and he will say, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرِ As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Ibrahim, Shaytan will come out in the last day in fire when the matter is settled, which means the people in Jannah are in Jannah and the people of fire are in fire. He will come out and he will say, قَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقِّ he will say to his followers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promise was true. The promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was true. That if you worship Him, if you follow His religion, if you follow His messengers, you will gain the safety and protection in that day. وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعْدَ الْحَقِّ And then he will say, and I promised you as well, but I betrayed you. وَمَا كَانَ لِيَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ I had no authority over you. I had no authority over you. إِلَّا أَنْدَعُوتُكُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ لِي The only thing I used to do is just to call you. To call you to me. And you responded. Fala talumuni. Don't blame me. Walumu anfusakum. Blame yourself. Truth was there. Guidance was there. But it was your arrogance. It, it was your stubbornness. It was your ignorance that opposed and denied the existence of Allah, denied the science of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Opposing his messengers. It was so clear. It was so clear. So don't blame me. Blame yourself. I cannot help you today. I cannot save you today. You cannot save me or help me today. 
إِنِّي كَثَرْتُ بِمَا أَشْرَكْتُمُونِ مِنْ قَبْلِ As a matter of fact, I deny your former act of associating me with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine this. And then they will go to Malik. Who's Malik? Malik is the keeper of fire. The guardian of fire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also will raise a throne for Malik to watch people being tortured in fire. These people will go to Malik and they will say, Ya Malik, O Malik, Diyakdi alayna rabbuk. Ask your Lord to finish us off. Ask your Lord to bring this to an end. And then Malik will say, Qala innakum makithun. He will say to them, you're not going anywhere, you're staying here. But the response is not going to come so quick. Just like, our, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in a verse in Surah Zukhruf, the response will not come as quick. Ya Malik, yes. No, it's not going to be like that. Ya Malik, ask your Lord to bring this to an end. And Malik will respond, Qala innakum makifun. You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhum, they said the response will come 80 years later. Imagine that you're calling someone, he's right in front of you, and he doesn't want to respond to you. Imagine your child when he, when he calls you, Baba, Dad, 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 and the last one he starts to scream because he's really being agitated. But he's there, Malik is there, and they are calling upon Malik for 80 years, and then the response is no. You're not going anywhere. He's saying, قَالَ إِنَّكُمْ مَاكِثُونَ لَقَدْ جِئْنَاكُمْ بِالْحَقِّ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَكُمْ لِلْحَقِّ كَارِهُونَ We used to bring all this science to you. We used to bring all this, this evidence to you. All these proofs about Allah and about His messengers, about His book. وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَكُمْ لِلْحَقِّ كَارِهُونَ But you rejected the truth. And then they will go to the 19 angels of fire, the keepers of fire. And the people in fire will go to the keepers of fire. And they will say, Ask your Lord not to stop the punishment, but to just decrease it for just one day. For just one day. Do you remember? Do you remember these days when you were in life? Do you remember all this evidence that you had? Do you remember all these proofs that Allah gave you and you rejected the truth? And then the angels will say to them, Well, call, you call. You call the Lord. But guess what? Your, your call will receive that error message. Imagine that you keep calling, or you're calling someone, and every time you call him, his number is no longer in the service. His number is not there anymore. Every time you call, you get an error message. Every time you call, you get an error message. And the most interesting about that, did you keep calling, you keep calling, you keep calling, out of hope that he'll pick up. 
that the number is no longer in a service. So he said, I made clear that the shaitan is my enemy and I loved everybody else. Number seven, he said, I saw that people were degrading each other or degrading themselves in humiliation. People were degrading themselves in humiliation for the risk, for the sustenance, for the, the, the provision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then it reflected in the ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, وَمَا مِن دَابَّةٍ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا Every living creature, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ridden its sustenance. So he said, I knew that my livelihood is guaranteed. So I busied myself worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I became dependent only upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now brothers and sisters, people are, are always in that state of fear and anxiety about, about their sustenance, about their provision. As a matter of fact, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah said, that this state is with the son of Adam since he is born. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, That the human being was created in a state of hala'ah, in a state of anxiety. They always worried. They always had that fear. Oh, I might lose this. I might lose that. They always in that state of fear. And Ibn Hazm rahimahullah, he said, that the foundational state of humanity is anxiety. And he said that everything that the son of Adam does, he does to remove that state, to remove himself from that state. He said, you eat out of fear of hunger, you drink out of fear of thirst, you clothe yourself out of fear of nakedness. People go out and try to seek some fame and recognition and positions, because they don't want to be feel or they don't want to feel insignificant in this world. But the risk will come to you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised that in the Quran. He said He created you and He will provide for you. So if you really, if you truly believe that, you will never, you will never humiliate yourself. You will never degrade yourself to, to, to another human being. If you truly believe in that, you will not go out and try to seek some unlawful means of living. You will never do that. So having fear and anxiety about your sustenance is actually deception. It's a common cause of misguidance. And it's one of the signs of the last day. Yes, listen carefully, it's one of the signs of the last day. Because the Messenger of Allah spoke about, he said one of the signs of the last day, that the two income families, the two income families that women will abandon their children, will neglect their children, and they go out to work. Out of love for this life, or out of fear of poverty. Because the shaitan keeps telling you, He threatens you with poverty. You're going to lose this. You're going to bring some more money. And Allah subhanahu said, If the son of Adam has a mountain of gold, he will wish to have another mountain of gold. 
So the shaitan threatens us. The shaitan promises poverty. So it's one of the signs of the last day. Women, they neglect their children and they go out and they, and they work so hard to bring money out of fear of poverty, out of love for this life. But there are some people who are, who are forced to do that. And there is no blame in them. <clears throat> and Rasulullah said, if you trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way that you're supposed to, to trust Him, He will provide for you just like He provides for birds. They leave in the morning in empty stomachs and they come back at night with full stomachs. So we need to just free ourselves from all this, all these evil thoughts and doubts about Allah. We have to be free from all this fear and anxiety about our sustenance. You know, just relax. Just relax. Really, just relax. You know, as the Egyptians say, they You know, just relax and eat a watermelon. You know, and a watermelon in the summer. And watermelon in the summer, it just has a significance. Because when you get dehydrated, you like to drink some water. And then watermelon is the best. has a lot of water and it fills you up. As if you ate a huge meal. So, as they say, just relax. Relax. Free yourself from all these problems. One of the problems that we have in the society, the fear-based society. There are so many devils out there that will tell you, oh, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your money, you're going to lose this, you're going to lose that. And as a matter of fact, you can lose it. You can lose your money. You can lose your job. You can lose your, your wealth. But if you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you haven't lost anything. I mean, if you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you haven't lost anything. So just relax. The last one, number 80 said that uh, I looked at people and they saw that they were always relying on one another. Relying on one another. And I reflected in the verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Whoever puts his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is sufficient for him. Whoever puts his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is sufficient for him. Fearing or desiring anybody, anybody other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala runs contrary to, to, to trust and reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we are obsessed with, with a, another creature, another human being, that actually it means that we have a weak reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it diminishes actually the, the, the certainty in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our certainty about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now some of the scholars, they said the cause of so many diseases in the heart can be traced back to the lack of certainty in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, sometimes you get really preoccupied with seeking benefits from others to the point that we lose sight of what is important in this life. And that also causes us to neglect the obligations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So put your trust in Allah. Al-Hayy, al-Ladhi la yamut, the everlasting. 
the living one, the one who doesn't die. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al-Razi rahimahullah, he said, reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or tawakkul, because we all need to swallow this pill in the morning, every morning, every morning, take this pill, the pill of tawakkul. He said it's the fundamental, it's a fundamental principle in Islam. And Sa'id ibn Jubayr rahimahullah, one of the, one of the tabi'een, he said, it is the essence of your faith. So, you have to keep in mind that it's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gives relief and provision. That's it. And remember that Rasulullah put his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet Muhammad put two armors. The Prophet Muhammad stayed in a cave. The Prophet Muhammad dug a trench. Because you cannot just say, well, I trust Allah and Allah will provide for me without work. No. The ingredients of success is trusting Allah and doing everything possible in order to achieve your goal. And Abdullah ibn Sahl al-Tusuttari, he said, planning, putting goals for your future is the tradition of Rasulullah. And putting your trust in Allah was the state of the Messenger of Allah. I remember that Imam al-Jawzi once wrote a story about a man who went to climb a mountain. And this man, he thought that he would be in the top of the mountain at night. And at night, the night fall upon him and he is not there yet. So he kept on climbing the mountain and all of a sudden he slipped and he fell. And he got stuck in something, his robe or his clothes or something was hanging to something. So dark, he could not see anything, he could not see his finger. And then he started making dua to Allah. He says, Oh Allah, help me. Oh Allah, help me. And he started screaming out, Oh Allah, help me. And then he heard a voice. Do you really think I can help you? And then he said, Oh Allah, help me. Oh Allah, help me. And then he heard a voice again. Do you really think I can help you? If you really think I can help you, cut your clothes. Cut it. But you cannot see anything. But he was afraid that he was in the tub. So he said to him, if you really think that I can help you, cut your clothes, cut the rope. And then the, the people who were looking for him, or the rescue team or something, they, 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 uh, they found him in the morning, dead. And he was hanging only six feet from the ground. Only six feet from the ground. Compare this, one, we didn't have any trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to someone like Moses' mother, the Prophet Musa alayhi salam's mother. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired her. And he said to her, bring your son in a basket and throw him in the water. How many mothers would do that? Really, how many mothers will do that? But she did what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired her to do. And Allah promised her that He will return him back and He will make him one of the Prophets. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfilled His promise to the Prophet Musa alayhi salam and his mother. And He returned Musa alayhi salam to her. And He made him one of the greatest Prophets. So we need to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it brothers and sisters. This is just like eight benefits of how to live your life. How to understand this life. So we really need to remind ourselves about our purpose of life. 
Why are we here? Why are we here? As we said in the first khutbah of this series, we said we're not here to play video games until 4 o'clock in the morning. We're not here to watch movies until you know 4 o'clock in the morning. We're not here to do any of these things. We're here to, to educate ourselves, to study, to study about Allah, to study about the purpose that we are here, to feel our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be a people of great seal, people of great determination, a people of high Inspiration. You know, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, in one of his books, he talked about uh, the story between a dog and a lion. And uh, he said that this dog, he didn't like his name, and he wanted to change his name. Because he thought that everybody trying to insult someone else, you know, you call him a dog. And overseas, that's, that's an insult, to call someone a dog. Here, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's a friend or something. But over, overseas, it's, it's, you know, it's really bad to call someone a dog. So this dog, he went to the king of the jungle and he said, Listen, I want to change my name. People are insulting me, people are making fun of me. Whoever possesses some ugly qualities, people always call him dog. I want to change my name. And brothers and sisters, speaking about animals, we know that Islam respects animals. As a matter of fact, in the Islamic fiqh, there is always a chapter, whether you study Maliki, Hanbali, Hanafi, or Shafi'i, there is always a chapter about how to treat animals. The rules and the regulation. The jurisdiction and how to, to treat it, whether do you have it in, at home or ever you ride in an animal or, or you eat these animals. Islam respected them. And we know that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, he said, you will not enter paradise unless you're merciful. And then this man came and he says, Ya Rasulullah, we are merciful to one another. And he said, mercy is not to be merciful to one another. Mercy is to be merciful to those who you know and those who you don't. Including animals. Including animals. Because animals have rights upon us. Because animals, they prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like you do, and maybe even better. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Kullun qad alima salatuhu wa tasbihu. Every object, everything in the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows its prayer. Knows its prayer. We were disturbed. I was really disturbed to watch the news a couple days ago about Marius, the beautiful, humble, amazing creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the giraffe. He was shot in the head and he was fed to lions. And people brought their children to come and watch in Denmark. What can a sick person bring a six years old to watch a, a creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being shot in the head and fed to animals? Why to avoid and breed him? The Messenger of Allah said, Whoever kills a sparrow, or anything greater than a sparrow, without its due reason, will come in the last day, will come in the last day, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come to full account for the reason why he killed this animal. 
The Messenger of Allah sallallahu when he passed his man, he was sharp in his knife. And he's about to slaughter this goat, he said, what is wrong with you? Do you want it to experience death twice? The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he was traveling somewhere and he went to relieve himself and he came and, and he saw a bird hidden the ground with his two wings and he said, what is wrong? What did you do to him? They said, Ya Rasulullah, we took its babies. He said, send him back. Send him back to the bird. Send him back. Wallahi, wallahi, birds and animals in general, wallahi, they have emotions. They feel. Wallahi, they feel. There, is, there was a movie on the CNN called Blackfish, and I watched that also last weekend. And if you have a, a weak heart, do not watch that movie. Seriously, if you have a weak heart, do not. I wept when I watched that movie. And how they go out and hunt this beautiful, amazing creature of Allah. The whales. The black and white whales. Amazing creature. The man, he said, they used to go in the, in the ocean, and they used to run after them, and put them in traps, and they used to take their babies. He said they used to take the babies because they cannot afford to ship the big ones. And he said, I, and I quit, I stopped because Wallahi was like, it was like a baby crying for his mother. And he can hear that in the movie. You know, and they were taken away and then, it's amazing, in the movie they say when you take your kids to just like go and entertain them. You know, and then you want to learn a little bit about this beautiful creature of God. Uh, one of the kids asked, how long do they live? They said, usually between 20 and 25 years. That's a lie. It's a lie because it's easy now to just Google things. It's a lie. And then she said to them, and just because that we give them a really good care here, they live a little bit longer. Actually, the average is between 80 to 100 years. These whales, they live. And amazing thing about these whales, that the babies, they don't leave their mothers. They stay with their mothers until one of them dies. Not like any other animals where they leave their mothers when they, they reach a certain amount of... of no, they, they stay with their mothers. They have emotions. They have honor and they want to, to be honored. Really, they want to be honored. They should be honored. You know, there was one of the kids was asking about a fin of one that was, was broken. And then they said 25% of them are born with, with broken fins. That's another lie. You know why they broke it? They broke it as a punishment. Because they, these animals, they don't listen to the trainers. So what they do is they, is they put them at night in these little pools. And then this pool has gates. It goes down, and if the animal does not listen to the trainer as a way of punishment, they let him come in and a few times hit the fin until they break it. They broke their teeth. You know, and it's really ironic. It's really ironic to call the Messenger of Allah a cruel person. Or violent. You know, this man who came to Rasulullah he said, Ya Rasulullah, we have a camel. have a camel that is out of control and the messenger of Allah went there and when the camel saw Rasulullah he started making some sounds 
And he said, no, you're sticky. He said that the camel is complaining. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, a camel complained. He said, yes, because he is underfed. And he overworked. And they said, we will never do that, O Messenger of Allah. This is the religion that people need to know. In his way to Andalusia, he, he camped with his army in, in North Africa. And then they camped in the jungle. And then the commanders of the army, they said, listen, we have a lot of wild beasts here, we have a lot of animals, we need to do something about them. He climbed a tree. And he said, Ayyuhal Hayawanat, oh animals, we need this ghaba, we need this jungle. For three days they saw the animals migrating out. Because they feel. Wallahi, I stopped going to the zoo. I stopped going to the zoo because Wallahi, people think I'm crazy when they say this. Wallahi, I stopped going to the zoo because when you pass these monkeys in the, in the glass, Wallahi, Wallahi. If you have an eye contact with these animals, they will tell you they're not happy. They're in prison. Wallahi, they're in prison. Just, just go and watch them. They're in prison. People go there for entertainment. Entertainment. You know, and, and Islam, it didn't only give rights to people, it didn't give even rights to, it give rights to every object that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. Wallah, I get disturbed sometimes when I see people cut trees and cut branches for no reason, or burn trees. You know, because these trees are making tasbih. You know, the rocks make tasbih in the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, the Rasulullah sallallahu said, Uhud, Uhud, Jabalun yuhibbuna wa nuhibbu. The mountain of Uhud is a mountain that he loves us and we love him. You know, and, and this is really ironic for Muslims to be called um, this and that or the other thing. They are cruel, they are violent and this and And then people go and, and, and celebrate Eid al-Hub, the Valentine's Day. What kind of love is that? Which it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any same people who are cruel to animals. They just go out and celebrate love. What kind of love is that? I would celebrate with you if you're a really true lover. If you're really merciful, I will celebrate it with you. Anyways, brother and sister, so back to what we were talking about. This dog, he said, I need to change my name. And the lion said to him, okay, I will, you do something for me, I will change your name. And then he said, sure. He said, you watch this piece of meat until the following morning. Don't eat it, you watch it until the following morning. And then the, the dog said, that's an easy task. <laughs> he waited for the first third of the night, he was fine. The second, he started thinking about it. Start thinking about it, he's getting hungry. At the last third of the night he said, what is wrong with the name dog? <laughs> I was born as a dog, I will live as a dog, and I will die as a dog. And he ate it. There is no determination whatsoever. For some people, some Muslims, they say, why this is happening overseas? Why this is happening overseas? Why is this? Why is that? Why Allah is doing this? Why my state is like this? Why? 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 Ya yeah, look at yourself. 
look at yourself before you start to point fingers at Allah, the Creator. Point it at yourself first. Start with yourself first. If you're an abuser, a husband, if you abuse your wife or your children, don't worry about this violence out there. You can just look at it and say, well, it's a terrible society, but hey, so is my house. So we need to be the people of determination. We need to be the people of, of great, great aspiration. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa minu wa Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah Allahumma khfir lana dunubana wa israfana fi amrina wa thabbit aqdamana wa nsurna ala qawm al-kafirin Allah we ask you to honor us as you honor the righteous people before us Allah we ask you to pardon our shortcomings and forgive our mistakes Allah we ask you to place light in our hearts and make us sources of light Ameen, 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 subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasufun wa salamun ala mursilina alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin